Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to be talking about the roster changes that happened right after we recorded last week, so we missed them. Going to talk about some random tweets about, you know, CDL history. That's the thing we always like to talk about. Going to go over those. Talk about if we believe Optic is now potentially the best team in the game. Then we're going to dive into reactions from the matches of this past weekend and go ahead and do our predictions for the final week of qualifiers ahead of Major 4, a big major coming up as we're probably going to see some teams either greatly increase their chances to make champs or maybe completely end their seasons before Major 5, so that'll be fun to talk about. Going to dive into those, and yeah, we're just going to roll right through this one today. So if you guys enjoy, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. We're about at 950 subs, so we're chugging along. The support in the last video was uh, one of the better ones we've had in a while um, as we ramp up for champs time. That's when some of the CDL viewership usually starts to come back. So excited to see the continued support and help uh, help push us to 1,000 subs. And if you're on the audio platform, just drop a follow, drop a five-star review on there. Without further ado, let's get into this. Brock, how you doing today? Uh, Monday, good. It's a great day. It's warm out here in Wisconsin. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, we got seventy degree weather. I was sitting outside on our balcony today. That's the first time I've ever been able to sit out on that balcony because we moved in here in December, so it's been freezing every day. Mm-hmm. But we finally got to sit outside, so that was fantastic. Um, and we get like. We are going to hit apparently 80 degrees like in the middle of the week, which if you guys know anything about Wisconsin, 80 degrees in early to mid April is not normal. Sometimes we're still getting snow. Um, Then next week, it's supposed to go back to like 30 some for a week. So that's fun. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Bipolar Wisconsin weather. All right, let's jump into it. We got kind of like a a few like more typical news type stories that happened in the CDL, but we actually have a couple like really fun, like hypothetical ones. So we're going to talk about the more serious normal ones first jump into those and then talk about the fun ones before we do uh, reactions and predictions so the first one the cdl and you know a lot of times when we're talking about cdl news as it pertains to like the league and formatting and everything it's usually an l um but let's start with the w first they decided to stream for the remainder of the season on both youtube and twitch huge w there yeah 100 percent like you don't want them to go fully back to youtube but i'll admit selfishly i kind of almost prefer watching it on youtube sometimes because like i'm busy and i really want to see like the end of a match i can pause or like if i notice something happened um and i want to go back and watch it in between maps i can quick rewind to it and like watch it again so i really do like just like the ease of watching on youtube but like i also fully understand that i'd rather suffer and have to you know, maybe not like watching it on Twitch as much in order to get all the watch parties and the viewership. Like, I, I do understand that Twitch is the better platform for it because of the viewership. But I think it's a huge W. Like, if I'm really busy one day and want to be able to pause and rewind stuff, I'll watch on YouTube. But otherwise, Twitch, uh, I can watch it. So, extremely nice. Also, for anybody out, there, anybody out there with a Roku, they know. You can't really get the Twitch app unless you do some weird stuff on your TV. So, you can watch uh, mm-hmm. this a lot easier on your TV now, which is super nice. Yeah. And just more eyes in total. Yeah, and it also opens up for co-streams, I would think. I would think that means like Courage and Tim, to name yeah. a few guys, can now co-stream it, which um, we know Courage obviously has a pretty big Call of Duty following because that is kind of where he has his roots in, being a caster, and obviously everybody knows Tim. Um, not only, he's big in Call of Duty, he's just big in every game, first-person shooters, pretty much everything. He's one of the most popular streamers out there, so he's done watch parties in the past, and getting him to maybe do you know the occasional maybe Major 4, Major 5 champs watch party would... Also, bring uh, bring a big boost in viewership. Yeah, especially I think he think he do the champs watch party last year. I think so for like early rounds. I know he he for sure did some watch parties last year. I know that that's a fact. Yeah, he definitely did some watch parties. I'm sure Courage will too, and I'm sure it's gonna be pretty easy for guys like that to get permission to be able to watch it. I would assume they can just watch it since it is on YouTube. I'm, I'm assuming they can just pull up the YouTube stream and watch it, but maybe not. Uh, but I would assume they can, and I, I wouldn't think it'd be hard for guys like Courage and Tim to hit up the CDL yeah. and get permission to do that. I'm sure they have. They're gonna say no. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, you can't. Even you have three million followers. Yeah, <laughs> Tim the Tatman comes up to you and asks to promote your product um, in the gaming space. You're gonna say yes. It's a pretty easy answer. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk some more like CDL specific team related. We're going to talk about them a little bit with their matches, but we don't like to, you know, dive deep into every single match because it just makes things take way too long. But let's talk about um, Optic. Are they the best team in the game right now? It seems like a hot topic on Twitter and for good reason, because 
they have a legitimate case, probably the best case they've had all year to claim mm-hmm. they're potentially the best team in the game right now. What do you think? Right as of today, I do think they're the best team. Yeah, you say that mostly because it's just hard point and I guess search in general too. Yeah, hard point really though. <laughs> yeah, hard point. I saw like a stat since uh, Dan Gosey came in the, for the team. They're like nineteen and six or something. Yeah, and undefeated on Mercado and Fortress. Yeah, and hard point clubbing good teams on the, along the way. Very good teams. Yeah. Um. They also dominated LAT in that map one um, this yeah. past weekend. I like for me, I want to say yes, they're the best team in the game right now, but I want to like be kind of hesitant with it because like if FaZe was better at hardpoint, I still would maybe be on the FaZe train. You know, Toronto would normally have the upper hand because they're the defending champs, but they just started 0 and 3 yeah. in this stage. So it's hard to say Toronto is because of their, their poor start here to the major four qualifiers. Phase if they had a better hardpoint game, maybe I'd say them. But the thing that makes me hesitant to say optic is their control. Their control is still very shaky. Mm-hmm. They're still like I think going into that thieves match, they were like twelve and twenty one in control or something, and then they happened to also get three o'd or three one or whatever in that thieves control yeah. last weekend. So they're, I mean, they're almost at like a thirty three percent win rate. Like they're very bad at control. Yeah, they're in the thirties or low forties percentage for like their win rate. They're, they're very bad at control. They're one of the. Um, worst control teams right now and you know maybe they can get it sorted out but that's the one thing that makes me hesitant to just not be like yep they're undoubtedly the best team in the game because they're certainly the best hardpoint team and they're a very good search team but man that, that control is rough sometimes mm-hmm, 100% yeah, but if they get that up because they get the control up yeah it might be GG for the rest of the teams yeah and Nameless has got to be feeling a little uh, dumb with his tweet from earlier in the season where he just basically said Ghosty didn't fit this team he didn't know why they brought him in and I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were questioning Ghosty. You and I when we were watching were kind of questioning the pickup, but like, you always got to give a guy some time. Like, mm-hmm. you can't instantly say he's like the worst pickup or doesn't fit the team at all after two matches because he was picked up for a reason. Everybody knew he was a really talented player and could it have not worked out? Sure. And I don't even think you can technically say it like worked out amazingly yet. I think some people could be overreacting because like they haven't won an event yet. And if they go the rest of this season without winning an event, can you really consider it a success for a team like Optic? For other teams, like a lot of second places would be considered a success, but like for Optic, it, it's championship or bust. Yep. For every major, so like if Agreed. they don't go out and win a major, like gonna have some some question marks there. But like, wow, Ghosty is certainly making that nameless tweet look pretty bad right now because he's been playing incredible. And uh, even if he was not dropping crazy numbers, which he's not dropping crazy numbers, but it's not a coincidence that he just joined the team and they just became the best hardpoint team in the game very quickly and made a run to second. Like it's not because all the other three players are just doing everything. Ghosty's certainly playing his part, playing very yeah. well. Doing the dirty work, IGL, team nades. Team nades, yeah. <laughs> um, although next kind of transitioning to the next thought on this, who might be the best player in their team right now? Kyler definitely is up there. Just with that, the way they're everybody on their team, I mean, everybody on their team right now is in form. You're not the best hardpoint team in the game without everybody being mm-hmm. on point. They're all playing very well, but Kyler is playing out of his mind. Um, and that's where our, our next question kind of goes is, are Ghosty and Hook posing a threat to stay next season? I have some pretty um, like strong thoughts still on my opinion on this, but I want to hear what you think. Are, are Ghosty and Hook posing a threat to stay next season? I would say... Not are they posing a stronger threat because I mean obviously compared to a month ago when Ghosty was picked up, like their chances to stay are obviously stronger now because of how well yeah. they're playing. But like do you think they still are posing a legit threat? Like you think it's a it's a good chance they're both on the team now next year, or you you still kind of feel the same way we felt before? Um here's my I do think if they play if they go get our top two or even win, I, I think it the win has to come at champs and then I'm pretty sure they will they will make a change. They won't make a change. But if not, then I could just see them still making a change. So you think if they win like either major four or five but don't win champs, they'll they'll drop them both for Sib and Pred? Um I would say Pred for sure. Okay. I think we're kind of on the same page. Um I think if they win champs, they'll stay. But I've said that the entire time. Yeah. Because it's very rare that a team breaks up after winning champs, especially in the more modern era. Like I, I think, in my opinion, you can't really, you can't really judge that stat um, 
before Black Ops 3 because his champs was played like in March in mid-season. Mm-hmm. And they played numerous tournaments after. So you can't really judge it like AW and before. But Black Ops 3, you can kind of start like the team that won Black Ops 3 champs was um, Envy. They stuck it together um, through all of IW, which is very rare. Then uh, the Dynasty won IW. They at least stuck into the next year and then broke up in World War II. In World War II, um, that Envy team, or not Envy, EG at the time goes on the miracle run. And they weren't even a good team really the entire year. And they even stuck it out for the beginning of Black Ops 4. Yep, uh, and then Black Ops Four is kind of an anomaly because the the United team wins champs, but we're going into franchising, so it's just a chaotic mess, and they don't end up sticking together. But if we had another normal season, I bet you they probably stick together after that. Yeah, um, it was, I mean, it was somewhat of the same people. Yeah, like Simp Abz. Uh, well, no, RCs went to Huntsman. Oh, that's right. Going into I, MW. That that uh, MW nineteen season just is not in my mind. No blocking my memory. <laughs> Yeah, I like didn't really watch it, so I was like, I blocked yeah. my mind. But then MW, like, they go from five v five to four v four, so that's also kind of hard to judge. Yeah. But that Empire team basically stuck together; they just dropped one person and kept four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Cold War, Phase wins; they stick together into Vanguard. Vanguard Thieves wins; they stick together. So basically, the team that wins champs every year sticks together. And I don't think Optic would be a team to change that trend. But it would be so weird because it's like Pred is like basically there, and I think everybody knows Pred's probably a better player than Hook. So it is really interesting. Like, do you blow it up after champs? It's it's tough to do, but I think that's the only way they stick together. Like for sure, I would say if they place like top three or better and and win one of the two majors, but don't win champs, I think Ghosty's gonna stay potentially. No, you definitely could. So, I think the, the only way that Hook stays is if they win champs, though. Yeah, because I just think it's going to be too tempting to get Pred if they don't win champs. Um, but I think Ghosty, just based on like, I feel like after watching that podcast and kind of hearing his story and everything, I feel like Hex has like a, I don't know, and this could be complete speculation. I could be completely wrong, but I feel like Hex kind of has a newfound respect for Ghosty and really likes him as a person, as a kid, like wants to take him in, tell his story because he had a pretty rough upbringing and all of a sudden mm-hmm. here he is a star on optics. So I feel like Hex kind of likes, you know, how Hex is. He likes those stories that you can yeah. tell. Um, and I, I think that he maybe likes Ghosty, likes the guy, and obviously a very good player. And you know, the deal was always like they really wanted Pred, and you know, maybe Sib could come with him because Sib's an incredible player as well. But if they win an event here and plays very well at um the other two events, but don't win champs, I could see Ghosty sticking around and them just picking up Pred for Hook. But I don't know. I definitely think they're posing more of a threat to to both stay yeah. next year compared to a few weeks ago. Definitely, since Hook is literally right out of his mind. I also don't get why LG, LAG just dropped them. I mean, shoot, we're <laughs> we're talking about what a few weeks ago. If, if Optic loses to London and places top twelve, they the roster might not even last into Major Four. Yeah, and now they they go on that crazy run, get second, and now we're talking about could they potentially be together next year? But just kind of food for thought there. It's a hot debate in the community right now. Um, in other yeah. news, what do we got here? I, I lost my. My sheet here for a second. Um, Clay and Tiege Brock are now tied for second most series wins in Legion history, behind Temp. Yeah. Oh man, it's kind of kind of sad. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a little weird. Um, I it's not really shocking though, because like they haven't had players that have been tenured that long on their team. Temp is very obvious that he would be, you know, the most. He joined yeah. them partway through Cold War and then played all that season, all of Vanguard, and then all of this season and they've been winning all those, but clay and Tiege second is kind of, kind of shocking and alarming. That's how bad this franchise has been because not that clay and TJ are bad, but they've only played part of this year with the franchise and that's it. Yeah. They have like, yeah. Second most. Wait, that is absolutely wild. At least uh, Vegas is turning things around. Love to see. Yeah. Us. They're at least in a, in a race for eight, which you cannot normally say for Vegas coming down the stretch. Yeah, last year Legion, they were, I guess. last year in the race for twelve because they had like twenty points total here. Yeah, they were in the race for <laughs> just like trying not to get doubled up by the eleventh place team. Yeah. Um, another okay. We got two hypotheticals, and then we're gonna go into reactions. So I saw a tweet. Um, I think it was from Nameless about who would be a team of the four best objective players of all time. So he was like talking about how like the superstars, you know, they get a lot of love and everything, mm-hmm. but you know, we don't always see love for the OBJ players. So he wanted to, you know, say who the best um, OBJ players, like the a team of the four best. And I don't really want to make it a team. Cause obviously 
it's a lot of like dirty work players who weren't like heavy slayers, so the team's probably not going to be successful. But just not building an actual team to win, who are some of the best OBJ players ever? You could say like your top four, but neither of us put like a ton of thought on this. We haven't gone through, so we could easily miss players. But like some of the best OBJ players, who are they that come to your mind? I feel like there's a a big couple that come to everybody's mind. Um, oh, like your Nate shots, your Rambo's, but I'm not going to take too many from you. Who do you, who do you think? What came to mind first was Theory. Okay, yep, for sure. I mean, Theory and Doug. <laughs> Doug, yeah, Doug. I knew you were going to say Doug. Um, yeah, I want to find that tweet because I want to see what some people were saying in the replies. Karma on, on Optic? <laughs> so, yeah, I saw, see, I saw a lot of people saying Karma. And I was like, I like that, but at the same time, it's hard for me to put them on that list because, like, most of these OBJ players, like a Nade Shot, like a Rambo, were never like the heavy slayer or like superstar yeah. of their team. They were always OBJ. And like for Karma, he kind of like accepted that role, which, sure, he deserves a lot of credit for being that OBJ player in the Dynasty. But like Karma pre Dynasty was like a absolute superstar, yeah. best player in the game type player. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top reply here is one that I couldn't retweet enough if I tried because everybody knows how big of a fan of this guy I am. But Gunless said, the fact that nobody put classic on this list is criminal. Classic absolutely is one of the players that deserves to be mentioned on this list. Yeah, definitely. Him and his like longtime duo Slacked. Classic and Slacked are two players that I think would be on the starting four if you were actually making a real team because those two, you never thought of them as like top players. They did dirty work, and guess what? Every single year they were just on a top three, top four team. And it was like every event you came to Sunday and it's like, oh, there's classic and slacked playing for top four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every event, those two are definitely on there. And they were never really like superstar players, although classic a little bit in IW maybe, but oh, you're going to like this one. Mad Cat said Joe, EU Joe. <laughs> Certainly deserves a shout. He was doing the dirty work on those teams with Rated. Well, but uh, I, I don't know if he was but Josh from EU. Yeah, he was kind of a dirty work player at times, for sure. See a, a couple other ones I like on here. Obviously, JCap and TP. Clear. Yeah. TP, I mean, maybe the the poster child. TP and like Nate Chat are probably like the OG poster child. Like OBJ type players, especially TP. I mean, we know he had um, on that Cold Dynasty, Aches, mm-hmm. Karma, Clay, Krim, whoever it was at the time. TP was always doing all the dirty work for them. It yep. was a huge reason why those teams were able to go on as many win streaks as they went on. Man, we got a definitely a newer age fan here. He said Mac and Kismet. <laughs> <laughs> Kismet is a good shout though. He is he's a the maybe not an all time great OBJ player yet, but he's he's a very good dirty work type player. I see Asim. That's a good shout out too. That is a good one. Uh, somebody put Krim on here. I don't know about that one. Uh, Krim was pretty much a superstar for majority of his early career. Enable. That's a pretty good one. I like that one. Oh. One thumb and nipple, baby. Yeah, people are putting Lamar on here, but I don't know. For some reason, he just... He is like a, a good OBJ player, but I don't really think of him in that light. I think of more like Dirty Work subs is usually what I think of. Yeah. Um, Somebody said Vivid, I don't know. I like that one. He doesn't really fit the bill as much. You have to do more o- like older players who were actually like designed to play OBJ back in the day. Bants, I kind of like that one. Looney's a very good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a lot though. Replays is another good one. I, I like that. Good list. Fun to talk about those those guys that are kind of forgotten because we always think about the simps, the abizis, the scumps, um, you know, the aw hooks, all those guys, zumas. We think of uh, all the superstars all the time, but we never really give shouts to players, players that are in there doing the dirty work, which are Big. just as important at times as the superstars. Yep. Give me four dugs. Yeah. Yeah, four dugs. I don't know if you're winning much with that. We're playing um, that bomb again. The hard point. <laughs> you're getting the bomb down. That's for sure. <laughs> Last thing we got another hypothetical before we jump into you know a little bit of predictions or reactions. Excuse me here. Jacob Hale posed the question: um, Who wins in a best of five in MW2, our current game? The f- four best ARs or the four best SMGs? I think the answer is absolutely clear, but I'm curious what you think. Is it so like four SMGs on one map compared to the four ARs on a map? Or no, I think I think you'd actually like have a player use like a 
how okay well i i guess you could interpret it in multiple ways like if they're using four smgs with four ars i don't think my answer would change but let's say let's say they're actually making a real team like they're gonna have one of them is gonna be the main one of them is gonna have to flex two of them are gonna have to use sub so like two people have to kind of go off their role yeah i would definitely so, pick smgs yeah I, th- I think it's clear <laughs> yeah i don't even think it's a debate <laughs> i mean like I was, I was trying to think like for the ars who would you have you'd to have Dashy and Selium for sure. Um, maybe like Big Wake, because he could probably run a sub. Octane. Octane, yeah. <laughs> you might have Octane because of how good he's been playing lately. Like maybe you have Octane run your main, Dashy kind of play like your flex, and then have like Selium and Awakening get cracked out on your subs. Or even Temp. True. That's a good shout out too. Temp. Yeah, maybe in- instead of Octane, just speed things up. You go like. Dashy on the main, temp on your flex to kind of speed it up, and then you get I would or I guess you could put temp on a sub also. Yeah. Dashy and selling, and then get temp on a sub with I think awakening, because awakening had to just run a sub and you could speed mm-hmm. up the pace for you. But like to me, that SMG team, you get like uh a BZ and Shotzi loose, let Simp play with an AR. Um I don't even know who else. Who else would you get on AR uh, as a sub Hydra? Hydra, yeah. Hydra. Give me Hydra and Simp on the ARs, and then Shotzi and um, Abizi on the subs. I'll take that team. Yeah, or even throwing Pred in there for one. I, oh my god, what the heck am I thinking? Yeah, I forgot about Pred. Yeah, so we're <laughs> so between Abizi, Simp, Shotzi, Hydra, and Pred, one of them has to get benched. Yeah. Yeah, give me the SMGs. And I, uh, we can move on there. That's that. That ended the debate. That's all I need to know. Yeah. You can have, you have a bar on the main AR for the ARs. Yeah, I heard all I need to know. One of those five has to get benched. Yeah, that's yeah, that's enough. Definitely I've interesting enough. though. See that happen. It's an interesting question though, because like I think people would instantly say the SMGs like we did, but like you know, a team with Dashy, Awakening, Celium, Temp, or whoever, like all the good ARs in the league, they wouldn't just get hundred point club whopped like we're making it sound like they would. Yeah, you could do um, attach attach and see used to play sub for the ARs. Yeah, like there, there are plenty of like the ARs would not get absolutely manhandled like we're making it sound, but I would definitely pick the SMGs if I had to. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a few matches from this weekend. Like usual, we don't want to jump into every single one because it is just too time consuming, but maybe talk about some teams. Let's talk about Friday here quick first. Boston over London. Nothing shocking here. Um, don't really have too much to say about this one. I wanted to see Boston play more with their new roster. But unfortunately, they only played London this weekend. And Kremp had a point nine six in his debut. Not the worst series in the world. London came out. Um, Asim had a huge map one. Scraps had a huge map one. They win it. And then from there on, they lose the next mm-hmm. three maps. Boston wins. You got any other major takeaways from this series? Not really. Besides, you know, London, they're showing some life. Yeah, they looked more competitive this week than past weeks. And, you know, Boston, good for them to get a, a win on the board with Kremp, but I'm yep. going to need to see a lot more before I can do any real evaluation yeah. of the roster change. See a couple of our matches and we'll start talking more about Kremp. And I will boys. say though, you and I both have a lot of faith in Kremp. We've seen him play a couple times on land and we were very impressed with what we saw. Yeah. Uh, then we had Seattle take out Florida, uh, a classic great series from Pred. Another time this stage though, accuracy, best KD on his <laughs> team, most damage in the lobby. World War II Lamar is here to play. He's in full force. I saw that. It's not even a troll either. I mean, this dude had a 1.35 in the hard point. Um, Then he had a bad surge, but he had a 1.4 in the control and then a 1.2 in the last hard point. Who is this guy? I don't know. He's turned the gear. I guess so. Listen to the haters. Put his head down, started grinding. I like it because you and I are always Lamar supporters, so to see him popping off makes, makes us feel good. Yeah, I also saw he has like he's like the most. It was hard point. It was a hard point kills per ten on his team right now, or something like that. This this is the stage. Wow, interesting. That's that's a shocking stack considering the the blistering pace that like a a pred and a mac play at. Yeah, because the kills per like, ten is obviously a, a pretty pace based thing. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, yeah, that's shocking to hear because Lamar might be having big big numbers KD wise, but a lot of times it'll be with less engagements, which the kills per 10 obviously is a pretty engagement based stat. Like you have to be getting a pretty good amount of engagements to be high on that stat. Yeah. So that's shocking to hear. Um, New York versus Minnesota. 
a three one for New York. A little bit disappointing to see Minnesota. And once again, kind of sucks we only got to see them once this weekend because we wanted to see what they mm-hmm. could do coming off that two and a weekend uh, against two bad teams. But they get taken out. They came out and they they smashed um, New York in that opening hard point. It was a, a pretty good show. Cami was looking like Cold War Cami in that map one. And they just yep. fried them. I mean, Priest had an absolute struggle of a map. And then from there on out, New York just kind of took control. They 6 3 them in the search, 3 1 them in control, and then beat them by about 60. In the final hard point, Cami was shooting this series, though. He had, he had a very good series. Um, but at 1.1, the rest of his team kind of struggled. But New York, good to see them bounce back, get a win against a Minnesota team that I don't think either of us think is like a, a pushover team. But yeah, definitely a tough team to beat. Yeah. A little disappointing, though, that we don't get to see Minnesota play another match. Because I wanted to see if they could, you know, at least put together a one in one week and guarantee themselves winners bracket. But we got to see if they're able to get one more win and guarantee themselves that winners bracket. Yeah, but Minnesota didn't have the home crowd, so called buff, on land <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, they did not have it. They were sitting at home. Um, moving on to Saturday, though, a couple things we want to talk about. I guess we can just talk about their whole weekend in general. Optic, kind of the standout team. Mm-hmm. On the weekend, they they beat New York, and they beat Thieves. You know, we said this is going to be a big test for them coming in because New York and Thieves, two teams that I think everybody would consider. You know, even though New York's really struggling, those are two contending teams. Like, if you come out of Major Four and Thieves or New York would have won, nobody's going to be shocked. Yeah, those are two very good teams. Um, first map against New York, Optic hundred point clubs them two fifty to ninety two on Mercado, and they end up winning the control and the hard point. So. Uh, a just clean respawn series from Optic. They absolutely dominated um, that map one. And then also in the series against Thieves, 250 to 151, a dominant showing. Um, and they dominate them in the the um, Search and Destroy Search. as well. Hook, 10 and 1, and then they beat them in that final Mercado. So overall, yeah. just a dominant performance from Optic this weekend. Three wanting two championship contending type teams. And we already yeah. talked about them. So don't say too much more, but kind of had to form. highlight Highlight how good a form optics in. Yeah, literally. Um, on the side of Thieves, they finally won the Battle of LA for the first time. We can finally call it the Battle of LA. They beat LAG for the first time in franchise history. I, I saw it. We finally said the curse is broken. I mean, it, I, it was one of the weirdest <laughs> curses in CDL because really? I there's really only been one time ever that LAG was better than LAT, and that was for one weekend. Yeah, literally, like yeah, one weekend in Vancouver. I don't even remember if they played there. I don't think they I don't did, know. though. I, I don't think they did. I don't think they played each other that day. Because I'm pretty sure Optic eliminated Thieves. I think the Optic reverse swept Thieves. It eliminated them. Like I think Thieves finished... I, we were at that event. I'm pretty sure Thieves finished like top 12 or top 8. Sounds about right. I think they got eliminated by Optic. I think they got reverse swept in loser's bracket. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that... that uh, good for Thieves to get that monkey off the back, but they did end up playing Optic... Overall, not like as bad as it seemed. Like it seemed like they were just a little slow to start the series, and they dominated the control and played a tight map four. So they didn't get absolutely blown out of the water by Optic. They just started slow and um, weren't able to catch up. Yeah, but Thieves. Um, I came out of this weekend still feeling like they're a, a contending team. They're rounding into form. Kenny looked very good in a lot of maps, and I like to see that Kenny's kind of rounded into that champs Kenny form. Mm-hmm. If Kenny's that guy, got a good chance to win champs. Yep. Always when Kenny's shooting like that, and those are players I trust. Like the lights come on at champs, I trust Envoy, Octane, Kenny, Draza. I trust those players to step up. Yep, they could go into champs limping, and I would still not be surprised to see them around. Search is, search is a little, little iffy right now, but that's just thieves. That is, yeah, that's the nature of this team. Search is always gonna be a little iffy. They just gotta put it together on on turn weekend. weekend. Yep. Um, disappointing team from that Saturday, but they redeemed themselves on Sunday. Vegas, oh, everything is set up for them to get a Man. top seed and get a lot of points, and they lose to London. They we'll talk about what that meant for me in a second as we get into predictions here, but let's just say if Vegas wins that match, I would have had a perfect weekend for predictions. Vegas trolled. <laughs> um, however, they did get down 1-0 uh, against LAG, then they absolutely stomped them in the search and destroy with 11-1 masterclass from TJ. Uh, then they got down 2-1, and, and things were looking scary, but... Um, they won the Zarqua and then six one to map five for a twelve one search and destroy round count. So, at the very least, we saw a very good bounce back out of Vegas. Show some composure because they could have easily lost full and you know lost two matches in the weekend and just chalk themselves for the year. But yeah. they were able to clutch up, get to two and one. Now 
They play Toronto and Florida and just need to win one of those games to guarantee winner's bracket. Yeah, they bounced back. Two one. Yep. Okay. Gonna see like a poser. Yeah, two more teams to mention here. Uh, I want to talk about Phase. They three one Toronto and their only match from the weekend. Good to see them bounce back and beat Toronto, who beat them at the last major. But Phase has still got to figure out this hard point. They got beat by over hundred points on the hotel uh, map one. Still iffy. <laughs> yeah, they won the Mercado, but like man, you just can't be getting blown out with when you got Selium simping a BZ on your team. Can't be getting blown out like they mm-hmm. like they are on hard point. So weird. There's also I don't know hard point. I'd have to watch back this map a little bit, but to me, there's a problem when you have Selium and Abizi ball dropping 1.3s and you're losing by over 100 points. To me, that's some kind of pacing issue that's going on in the map. Like, you can't have multiple players dropping 1.3s mm-hmm. in a pro match and you're getting smoked. Yeah. Like, something's off there. Total weird. Yeah, something's a little off there. And that's always been the case with Selium, but I'd, I'd have to really go watch VOD to dive deep into exactly what that is. But uh, that, that's a little bit weird. Um, yeah, I feel like Simp. I think Simp struggles with Hardpoint this year for some, for some reason. Yeah, he like has random game modes or random stages where he struggles, and it's like I wonder if he's just not comfortable with what's going on. Um, yeah, like within his role. But then, like once again, you look at his KD in the series. He had a one point oh one in high damage. So like, yeah, Simp Simp has a one, and it's like, what's wrong with Simp? And it's I guess funny because that's how good he is. <laughs> we're so used to just not seeing him like just be one point fours, one point threes all the time. Yeah, like if Simp has a, a lower than a 1.2, you're like, man, what happened to Simp? Yeah. Because that's just, I mean, the standard he has. Um, that for himself. Yeah, he set the standard so ridiculously high for himself because, I mean, we know him as potentially a player that could go down as the greatest of all time. So he's got a pretty high standard he set for himself. Especially but he earned watch, that standard. Especially if you watch Black Ops 4. It literally, like, double pauses every match when he first came yeah, out. Yeah, 1.3 was bad for him in that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, that that's... Not a bad weekend for FaZe. They got to fix their hard point, but at least they're able to beat a good team like Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, then Toronto was the other team I wanted to mention. They are able to bounce back and get a 3-0 versus Florida, but they're definitely going to need to 3-0 Vegas and have some other help go their way in order to make winners. So rough out of Toronto that they, yeah, rough out of Toronto that they uh, go from winning, winning the event to potentially being in loser's bracket. Yeah. That's tough. Tough stuff yeah. for them. It is tough, but it's like that. I wasn't really, I guess, too surprised. That's how each happened. Yeah, and they had like enough tough matches, but at the same time, also, it's like, really, like, come on, Toronto. I mean, they they lose to, who was it here? They lose to Boston, you know, which is like, yeah, not surprising. Seattle, you know, not surprising. Like, those are two good teams. Um, then they lose to FaZe. So, like, we did mention they had a really tough schedule and they could lose, but like, man, you're mm-hmm. you're defending major chance. You'd think you are, are going to be able to get one win. Yeah, between Boston, Seattle, phase like get one on the board, but like you said, maybe Toronto can make a really good run and lose bracket. They did happen to play three very good teams, and they lost to three very good teams, and two of them were a game five, and they got three one by phase. So there's yeah. still a world where you know they make a good run, but it's just unfortunate they have to start losers because it's obviously a lot harder to make a run from losers. You have no room for error. Yep, hundred percent. All right, you ready to go and uh, dive on into predictions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's All right. Eat. So we got uh, our final week of predictions here. Interesting uh, standings from last week. We're going to change the rules a little bit in order to, you know, bend it for Brock to have a better chance to come back here. Um, <laughs> I, I had an interesting, <laughs> yeah, I had an interesting um, week two for major four here. So we went over uh, we every week we go over. Uh, we have our scoring system where um, if you get it, uh, we, we put our confidence points on. We put either one or two points on every match, and then we each get to put four points on one match. You get that right, you get that uh, that many points. So, like, if you put two points on it, you get it right, you get your two points. Get it wrong, you lose two points. Um, pretty simple. And then if you get the correct map count in a series with the correct winner, like you get it perfect, you get a bonus point. Um, so I got no map counts right, oddly enough, this weekend. But I got every single match right except for Ravens versus Vegas. I picked Vegas to 3-1 Ravens, and Ravens obviously 3-1 Vegas. So I had an entire weekend perfect except for London versus Vegas, which is um, good for the record-breaking score that we've ever done. I had 16 points this week, and for reference, the next closest was when I got 12. Um, And Brock's high score on the year is he got 9. So I had 16, and really like... 
the 12 I had was the only other double digit score of the year. Brock's had nine once. I had eight another time and nine another time, but the the 16 is the highest single week score. So that puts me at 21 so far for major four and Brock at six. He had a two point week. Brock honestly had a pretty good week last week. He had all of Friday correct with two correct match scores. He was actually just um, NYSL versus Minnesota away from having a complete perfect day with map counts. Mm-hmm. Then he had a rough Saturday. Three of the matches wrong, including his four-point match where he picked Vegas as well uh, <laughs> over London. And then you went two for three on Sunday. So honestly, you had a pretty good week. You got two points for the week. But I am up 21 to six, a 15-point lead. So we got a proposal for Brock this week. We're going to give Brock a chance to pick two four-point matches, give himself more of a chance to come back. Because if he gets them both right, that's eight points, and he's only down by 15. So that gives him a pretty good chance to swing and make him basically like... Having two four-point matches basically means like he doesn't have to absolutely just pick opposite of me. That's kind of boring if he's not even picking teams he believes can win, but he doesn't have to completely pick opposite of me if he gets two four-pointers. But the catch is he can't veto whatever my four-pointer is. So going to give yep. Brock a little bit more of a chance to come back and make it interesting so I don't um, get up 3-1 going into Major 5 and have, have the win locked in. But let's jump into these predictions. Friday, we start with Toronto versus Vegas. Toronto probably needs to 3-0 or at worst 3-1 in order to have a, a chance to make winners. Obviously, if they lose, they're not in winners. This is a big match, though, because a win secures winners for Vegas and makes it very interesting because then they would only have to beat Florida to go 4-1 and and potentially be um, our number two. Potentially, Vegas could be the number one seed if they win. Um, That's wild to think about. Both matches. If they win both matches this weekend... And Optic loses to like both Boston and LAG, which is unlikely. And LAT loses to Minnesota, which is unlikely. You know, there's a there's a chance. Vegas has a, a greater than zero percent chance to be the one seed in our final week here, which has probably never been a thing. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, but obviously, Toronto with a loss is guaranteed to be in losers bracket and has a, a slim hope to make it to winners if they win. So, who you got here? Uh, you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first for, for this one. Okay. I'm just Toronto three to one. I was pretending two points. You think they're gonna the bounce back and give themselves a chance? Yeah, back against the wall. I feel like I want to give you a chance to come back, and I really also want to pick them. I'm gonna say Vegas takes the pressure off themselves for their second match. I think they come out and they win. Um. I think they win in a 3-2. I'm only going to put one point on it, though, because I'm not crazy confident because I still do think Toronto's a better team. But I, I like Vegas's chance to win both the searches if they're able to force them at five. Uh, I think Toronto's probably going to 3-0 them in the control. I think it'll be one of the, the fastest controls we see all year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Toronto will absolutely smoke them in that. But I think that it's like a Toronto come out, win map one. Vegas wins map two. Toronto smokes him in the control, but Vegas comes out with some some fire in map four, forces a game five, and I do think if this series does go the distance, I like Vegas a lot. I like Vegas over almost any team in a game five. Yeah. They can force it, and I think they find a way to win one of the hard points in both searches, and they win 3-2. But I'm only putting one point, because like I said, I want to pick some opposites of you to make it interesting, but I'm not that crazy that I'm super confident in Vegas. Yeah, I agree. All right, then we got LAG versus Texas. What'd you say? Is TJ going to go off in game six, game five? He might. He might. He tends to. He went, what, he went 11 and one in that search earlier this week. Um, yeah. That was a map two. But still, TJ does tend to go off in the map fives or in search in general. All right. LAG Texas, Brock. You're going to pick your LAG boys. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this is gonna be my four pointer, by the way. My one four pointer. And I ain't going the way that you usually go in LAG matches. I'm going optic. <laughs> Going up to 3 um, and I'm putting uh, my four points on this one. Man. <laughs> I am giving you some advantages this week by getting multiple four-pointers, but I got to lock in the four points on the one I really, really think to, you know, also help my case. I'm going 3-0 Optic. Uh, I, th- I think they're just going to absolutely smoke them in the hard point. Um, I think Search, they're probably going to smoke them as well. And then I think the one chance that LAG really has to win a map is because Optic is pretty shaky. I control LAG could take that, but... I'll just say Optic has enough momentum and LAG lost enough full that Optic 3 owes them. Give me Texas 3-1. I can also put four points, right? Yep. We're doing no uh, yeah, restrictions. Do, yeah, do it. 
You just want to counter me here so you can keep it close? Yeah. I'll say that, and then I'll literally... LG's going to win, though. <laughs> yeah, and the... That's how it works. Every time you, you pick against them, they'll somehow find a way to win. Yeah. All right. Atlanta versus Minnesota. You know, Minnesota, we wanted to see them get a test, and uh, they get a test this week because I didn't realize how hard their schedule was coming up, but I didn't realize after those first two easy matches, they had to play New York, Atlanta, and then Thieves. That's tough for them. <laughs> it's, it, things are looking up for Vegas. I mean, Minnesota could go two and three. They could fall the losers. Vegas just has to beat Florida this week to guarantee winners. You know, things are looking up for Vegas to try to make a run. And I actually kind of like it because it could make things for major five super interesting. Like every match could count for a lot because they could be like Mm -hmm. virtually tied heading into major five. Yeah. I'll take Atlanta three to one. I'll put two points. Okay. I'll, give Minnesota, I'll give Minnesota the hard point. Okay, unfortunately, I don't want to pick as similar to you as possible, but I'm picking the exact same thing in amount of points that you actually just did. <laughs> um, I'm doing Atlanta 3-1 in two points. I just think... I actually do think, as odd as it sounds, I think FaZe is going to lose the map one. They've been struggling in hard point. They've been struggling in map ones a little bit here and there. I think they're actually going to lose map one to Minnesota. Minnesota's going to come out hot, and then I think FaZe is going to rattle off three straight maps and, and win 3-1. Also putting two points on it. Yep. London, New York, Brock. This seems like a, a decent candidate for your other four points to go on, but I don't know where you're going to go with that. But I'll go ahead and pick first. I say NYSL are going to win this one. Um, I think it's going to be oddly close. I think it's going to be a 3-2. I'm going to put two points on New York to win this, but I think it's going to be oddly close, and it's going to go to a map five. Oh, man. I don't know where to go here. I will say, you still got your bonus four. You don't have to use it here, but you obviously want to pick opposite of me on, on some matches, but you also want to do it in a smart way. But maybe you believe London could take him out. I don't know. I'll do, I'll do NYSL three to three to one, three one. Okay. Absolutely. You're putting two points on it because you almost have to on every match. Yeah. Okay. Do I have- um. Yeah, I'll keep it. I was thinking I was, maybe I was gonna take a London three to two game five, but nah. I mean, an underrated way that you can also gain some points on me here is even though you're picking optic uh, in that first match, like me, and you're picking NYSL in this match, you did pick different map counts. All of a sudden, you get those map counts right. That's a bonus two points that you get because you do get one point if you get the correct map count, um, yeah, as well as the correct team. So you know, picking different map counts to me is also big to potentially help you. Get an extra point here and there. Mm-hmm. All right. Florida versus Vegas. Um, based on your model, Vegas is fighting for their winner's bracket life. And on mine, they've already got it secured and are just going for seeding. But this has got to be a win for Vegas. I think there probably is a greater than likely chance that this is for winner's bracket because they probably in all likelihood lose to Toronto yeah. in the first match. Um, in more cases than not, they probably do. But this could be for their winner's bracket life think vegas gets it done or you think florida plays spoiler um vegas gets it done in a three two fashion and two points i'll put three two vegas and two points i like it i was kind of leaning that way but i just like i'm like thinking about it i'm like i don't really like either team to control a ton um i like I probably prefer Vegas in both hardpoint and search, but I don't think it's unwinnable for Florida. You know, they got the new player in Vickle. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of agree with your map count, but I'm just going to go different for, for the fun of uh, the standings here down to the wire. I'm going to say 3-1 Vegas, uh, and I'll also put two points on it. I, I do like Vegas a lot in this match, but I think either way, they're going to have to clutch up and win this one, either for seeding or for their winner's bracket life. I, I could easily see it going 3-2. I think that's the most likely outcome, but I'll say 3-1. Yep. Then we got Boston versus Optic. Um, this should be a pretty fun match. We get to see Kremp tested out a little bit more in, in respawn against um, maybe the best respawn team in the game, or at least hard point team in the game right now in Optic. Um, I'll just go ahead and say I'm going to think Optic win this one 3 uh, 1. I'm also going to put two points on this one. It, it's just hard to bet against Optic right now because uh, their map one and map four is basically a guaranteed map win right now with how they're mm-hmm. playing. 
Yeah. And they're also a pretty good search team. So it's hard to imagine a world where they don't win uh, some of these series right now, unless they drop the map one somehow. I'm going to go Boston. Three to two. Scrappy fight to the end. You're going to put one, two, four? What are you putting on that? I will put one. Okay. Going a little conservative, but I, I don't mind it because, you know, it's one of those definitely closer toss up matches and you got to go opposite of me to get some. Yeah, points. I'm just thinking that uh, Texas is going to win against LAG and then be 4 0 and be like, basically have winners already locked. Maybe there's a map they're unsure about and control they want to try out or a, a map they're unsure about that they want to, you know, tighten up and try it out in a, in a real match. Yeah. And they lose it. We've seen teams do that in the past. They have like a winner's bracket spot. You know, locked up, don't care too much about their seating, and they just kind of mess around and try out a new map. We've definitely seen that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mind the pick at all. Then we got Atlanta versus Seattle. This is always a classic banger of a match. One of the best um, like franchise matchups we have in the CDL. Always seem to produce some good matches for us. You you lean in one way or the other here, you think? Um, uh, think Atlanta's able to get it done, or you like Seattle? You go first. All right, I was kind of thinking that that's what you'd say because it's really fair to pick either team. Um, I'm going to say Seattle gets it done because everybody knows I'm always a Seattle supporter. I think uh, Seattle, they always seem to go map five and it always seems to be after Atlanta goes up 2-0. Like, at least recently. Like, in my recent memory, that's what it, maybe that's not true, but in my recent memory, I always remember Atlanta going up 2-0, Seattle forcing a game five, and then Atlanta winning in round 11. That's mm-hmm. like it always seems to go. Um, I'm going to say Atlanta... Or excuse me, Seattle wins a three-two, and I'm just going to put one point on it because this is always the toss-up series, and Atlanta does tend to win more often than not, like every other series that they play. Is this the revenge for first time Preds played Atlanta since the tournament? Yeah, I think this is the first time they played since uh, he got shotgunned by Simp and Laura. Revenge tour. <laughs> yeah, I-, I will do the opposite of you, but I'll put two Atlanta three-two. Yeah, and two points. Yep. I like it. I figured you were going to go opposite of whatever I picked in that match. I should have just gone first right away because that's definitely one of the other toss-up matches. Um, then we got Seattle going into Sunday against your boys, LAG. Um, there's no doubt for me on this one. Seattle 3-0. Two points on it. I think at this point, LAG are basically like, no, they're out of champs, and they just lost full that they had to play Optic in Seattle this week. Yeah, give me a 3-0 and four points. <laughs> for Seattle, you're going to pick your boys LAG. No, nah, I'm done with LAG for now. <laughs> <laughs> you're done until next Seattle, year? Seattle, yeah. Well, actually, you're probably done forever then because they're probably not going to be around next year. Hopefully, somebody buys them and keeps the same team. name. Yeah. Seems like right. the most 3-0, 30-minute series. LAG yeah, gets out of there. Seems like it could certainly be a, a fast one. Maybe the quickest one on the weekend. Um, Minnesota, challenge. LAT. This could be a, a toss-up series. This could be an interesting series, too, because uh, we're thinking Minnesota loses to Atlanta to fall to 2-2. Two and two. So Thieves already have three wins. They're, no matter what happens... Um, or, sorry, this is their first uh, or their only match of the weekend. I was thinking for some reason they played earlier when I saw LAG, but Thieves are already 3-1. and one. They have winner's bracket guaranteed. So not as important of a match for Thieves, and we know how they tend to struggle to get up for matches, and all likelihood Minnesota has already lost a phase at this point, and they're 2-2 two and two fighting to guarantee a winner's spot, you think. Minnesota gets it done, guarantees winners, or you think Thieves is able to take them out? I can go first if you want me to. Mm, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a, give me a 3-1 Thieves. And okay. Two points. Do I want to make this interesting and go with Minnesota to make it fun? Um, and I will. I will for the, the, the fun of the podcast. I'll say Minnesota wins in a, a game five, and I'm only going to put one point because I don't even know if I really believe they're going to win. <laughs> but I'm a Minnesota supporter. I'm a big rocker supporter. Um, always have been. And oh, I, I think that it's not impossible for them to win because I, this does seem like a narrative match for Thieves. The winner's bracket locked up. Maybe they're not as locked in online. You know, that's... Definitely a trend with Thieves. Yeah. The matches that don't really matter as much online, they, they tend to not be as locked in. So I can see where we're. Minnesota takes them out 3-2. Yes. These are, end. these are ending the qualifiers out strong. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they go 4-1. and one. Um, We end with a, a classic sports rivalry. Yankees, Red Sox, Subliners, Boston, you know, kind of on the same 
know, the same level of, of rivalry there. One only is like a two years old. You know, one's a, over a hundred years old. But Yankees, Red Sox, Subliners, Breach. Who we got in the New York Boston rivalry? I'll I'll go first. I'll go ahead and say I think Boston's going to get it done. I think okay. Boston's going to get it done in a three-one fashion. I'm only going to put another one point on this because. I went a little wild with my predictions. I think in most cases, if it wasn't a, such a weird week where we were um, fighting and you had a, a uphill battle to climb, I don't know if I'm picking Minnesota in the last match or Boston or, you know, we'll see. But I'm going to say Boston wins at 3-1 because I think you're going to lead New York also. NY, game five, round 11. Pull the W. And okay, I'll put two a... points. You know, as weird as it sounds, I really don't think if this goes Game 5, New York will win at all. I think if New York's going to win, it's going to have to be in a 3-0 or 3-1. You're probably not wrong, but something about it wants me to pick the Game yeah, 5. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Game 5. Anything can always happen. But I just, that, that Boston team, is not. there's not a lot of search. teams I would pick to beat them in in search. Yeah, definitely bad at search. Uh, maybe picking like a phase on the right day, uh, Vegas. But other than that, Maybe optic on the right day, but other than that, you know, it's it's stuff. I'm probably picking Boston over a good majority of the league in in a search and destroy. Yeah. All right, but that's our that's our predictions. We'll see how things shake up. I mean, in terms of opposite teams, we picked one different on Friday, um, two different on Saturday, and then two different on Sunday. So we certainly went with a nice variety of chances for you mm-hmm. to make up points. So. There's a, a decent chance you make up the points. There's also a decent chance, you know, if I happen to be right in them, that it could be the biggest blow ever. <laughs> Since we went yeah, so opposite definitely. a lot of them. But you get the double four points, and, you know, you picked two pretty good series, in my opinion. Oh, wait, I just looked. You picked LAG. You picked against LAG for your two four-pointers. Yeah, now, now they're going to win both, and I'm going to lose full. Yeah, you've been, <laughs> we, we did that one week where you have lost like a total of like 30-something points. Like, basically, all your negatives could be made up, and you could be, like, beating me every week if you just wouldn't pick LAG. Now this week you really took that into took that to heart and said screw it I'm putting all the max points I can against LAG. Yeah, I said screw it. I, I, I was thinking that he still can't believe they gave up Kyler for free. That's pretty funny though. <laughs> yeah, that's real funny. That yeah, wow. You uh you pick them all year, they screw you uh, a million times, and then you finally pick against them, and you just go all out against them. Yeah, everything I got goes to them. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, but that's that's gonna do it. You got anything else before we wrap it up here? Get the people out in just under an hour. Nope, I'm good. All right, so that's gonna do it for this one. If you guys enjoyed on YouTube, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe to help us get towards that 1,000 subscriber goal. We're kind of getting back into the busy season for CDL, so I, I would appreciate if you guys would drop a sub if you're enjoying. We're still seeing that influx of new subs, and we like all the interaction. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review. I it's harder to see analytics and everything on like um on the Spotify for Podcasters app and all that, and like you know, really like dive in because you can't see individually on each platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify as much interaction. There's not as much like comment features, but I have noticed like the Spotify follower count skyrocketing over the past month or so. And you know, every new podcast in there seems to be a viewership record. So it's harder to see because it's not as um, transparent, but you guys have been killing it on audio platforms. We're growing almost as fast as we are on YouTube on there. and It's pretty cool to see, so we appreciate the support. Um, thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you in the next one with one of our favorite things to do. Major predictions will be the next episode, so enjoy the matches this weekend, and let's get ready to gear up and uh, talk about the major next week. So thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.